Hello and welcome to Insightful Crayons. Season's greetings to you all and welcome back. My name is Maya and our other hosts this evening are Hannah and Robert. We're super excited to be back with you guys through these exciting times. There has been a lot of transformations going on and on which are requiring some wake-up calls. One of the aspects that require awareness is a topic that we're going to be diving into tonight called the inner child. We'll be discussing what the inner child is and why this aspect is so important through these times within our lives. But before we go into this, just want to let you know that this will be the last podcast for 2019. So you can think of this final episode as our gift to you. And you know what? We decided to do this final podcast out in nature, right next to a bonfire, so that way we can release whatever it is we need to release for the remaining of the year, and so that way we can get grounded back into Mother Gaia, home base. I guess you can say our journey home. For that being said, thank you for all the love and support that you've shown us throughout this year. We are super grateful for each and every one of you. And if you haven't yet, please follow us on Instagram. That way you can keep up to date with our adventures and also see what we look like. Also reviewing our stories of who it is we truly are. You can also send in some topic questions or other collaborations for 2020, which is around the corner, at insightfulcrayons at gmail.com. We'll love to connect with you. All right, without further ado, let us dive into the inner child topic for tonight. What's been going on in you guys' life since the last podcast? I think the last one was like a month and a half ago. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. I know for, for me, just been going through a transformation, a lot of purging, especially with the full moon energies and portal gateways of 1212 and like all this energy that's just been stirring up a lot of things to be released before 2020 Um, a lot of downloads i've been getting so i've just been in hermit mode but at the same time doing a lot of projects that are going to be popping up for 2020 and starting and initiating so just been doing a lot of foundational work. Mm-hmm. How about you guys? These past few months for me overall have been uh, very transitional. Before this season, I would say, I was very social, very extroverted, very go-getter and always moving. I was never sitting steady until I kind of, well, when my spiritual awakening really began, that's when I progress into more of a hermit mode and this past November specifically was me being reflective, introspective and kind of just going off the radar I would say and just focusing on myself but it wasn't negative it was a positive thing it was something that I needed to do to have some inner work and that's where I found the inner child specifically. Mm. Um, I still am not fully resolved with her for me but um, what gave me the idea or the um, 
intuition to start pursuing her or the idea of the inner child was through my therapy work and just, you know, realizing there are inner, there's inner um, wounds I didn't realize were still there that needed to be healed. And they reflected in present day triggers. Um, and I kind of really sat back and thought, I'm like, why did I react like that? That person didn't mean it that way. Why are you so upset? And but it's because of past wounds that I had neglected. And something that I realized I've been working through is that I'll throw things behind a wall. And um, I'll just keep throwing them and throwing them and throwing them, smiling, acting completely normal, and you know, the mask of myself in front of everyone. But then realized, oh man, like all that's still there. It's just, even though I'm turning the other direction, it's just piling up. And a lot of that was like my inner child was in that mess, having to deal with it and from past stuff that I hadn't resolved. And so I began meditations. Um, I started climbing trees again more often because when I was a child, I grew up in acreage in Geneva and I would climb anything that I could see. People, trees, holes, <laughs> literally anything. Like whenever my sister's boyfriend at the time when I was a kid would come through the door he would just stand and put his arms up like this because he knew I would just crawl up like a monkey to the top and that's how I would say hi to him and so, so cute. yeah and that was just my childhood self and I was always barefoot always just like going on the next adventure outside and I would only come inside for food and so I was trying to I was thinking of how my inner child was at that time and so I started climbing trees. I would go to Park Avenue with the really big, beautiful trees there and actually climb those when I was young. And I would just meditate. And um, so that's been going on for me lately and that's been helping a lot. And I still am discovering and healing, but it's been a huge breakthrough for me. And um, through different YouTube videos I've watched, like the Wu Wei Wisdom and um, other channels on YouTube, I really felt that more people needed to know the knowledge of these things and if they don't already because everyone has an inner child and all of ours need attention, validation, and reassurance for whatever each person's story is. And because children usually don't get listened to when they're younger. You're like, oh you're a kid, like you don't you can't understand. So that's what really that's the reason why I was put on my heart and felt like, or felt that others might feel the same. So, good stuff. That's mm -hmm. awesome. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Have you been, Robert? I've been good. Um, well, you know, that's subjective, but, you know, <laughs> I've been awesome and then like awful at the same time, like coinciding together, which is great. Um, I feel like I have been kind of ending a specific journey. Mm -hmm. um, which sounds like something that I have been going through that what you kind of you're starting on Hannah mm -hmm. um, and just what I've been going through more um, is when I started really discovering again my inner child a couple years ago and seeing that it had been very neglected um, and pushed aside and I listened to the people growing up you know when they when I was domesticated that uh, I was, it was stupid, you know, the, the ideas behind it were stupid, so I allowed the self-domestication to happen. So through some awakenings, um, I started feeling that inner child again and playing with it, and it was so exciting. And kind of instantly, it's interesting that people who 
other humans, you know, in this world that you're around that have forgotten that inner child and they don't even know it ex really exists anymore are very quick to shut it down, you know, to, to go back. So for a second time in my life, I started, it was a battle for me. Um, it's been a battle for me for the past few years to fight, to try to incorporate it yet still live as an adult and still be able to make money and still be able to still adult still adult but also incorporate the inner child um and really stop caring so much what other people's views of that inner child are and that's been one of my um biggest you know struggles but it's it's been kind of a crazy past couple of months because i've had a lot of revelations in it and just kind of seeing doing a lot of shadow work, a lot of shadow work. And um, what I realized is that that inner child was part of that shadow that had been cast away. So it's it's been interesting how much I'm, I don't, it's almost like I don't care anymore. And I'm, I'd rather live my 100% authentic self and be cast away, you know, by people. But it's interesting, the more and more I'm, I am being my authentic self that other people around me even though they're almost like fighting me and calling me kind of stupid for it, they're, I, I'm watching them allow themselves to be more like that as well. Nice. You know, so um, that's just been a lot, been a big journey that I've been on for the past few years that I feel like I'm kind of coming home on in a way, you know, at least I'm starting that, that roundabout where, I don't know, it's just like an integration process. That made any sense. So, um, yeah, it's there, and I'm realizing that's just that's more important than anything. You know, it's more important than any of the material things that I'm told every day by media and by other people. You know, yeah. like what's important? Like, what's the point if you're not if you're not listening to that inner child and you're aware of it? That that's like hell on earth. You know, you'll so feel you'll feel that hell. I felt it. I've been in it. Yeah. You know, it was fun. It was cool. It was great. But yeah. We're done now. Like at least for a little bit. Hmm. So let's like backtrack for those who are beginning that journey. Like, what? How do you guys define the inner child? Like, how would you talk to someone on what the inner child is for anyone that's wanting to do like inner work? So there are two. I would feel two perspectives of an inner child. There's the psychological perspective, and then there's the spiritual perspective. For me, it's one and the same. But um, I found that the inner child is your younger self within you, within your soul, that holds core beliefs that control your life, um, or can, if you allow it. Um, your inner child represents your core passions, your raw traits of who you are. Like children are naturally curious, children are naturally um, exploring, or whoever you are at your core, I feel like children, your inner child's concentration of that, but you're also your sapling. The inner child is your sapling's form. Like you can't understand as your inner self or your inner child what an adult can. 
So if something traumatic happened to you as a child, you cannot process it the way an adult could. And typically, as a child, your parents are what deem is correct. You look to your parents or your mentors as what you feel is right. Like if, you know, for me growing up, if my mom said something, like, oh, that has to be true, my mom said that. And children can't quite yet think for themselves yet because they're imitating and modeling the mentors around them. And so they can form beliefs that aren't necessarily true. It's just what they've formed. Like, oh, it's my fault that my father hits me or, or hits mom, you know, just an example. Um, because children can then blame it on themselves rather than not realizing it's not their fault. Um, and that's just one example of what inner childs may hold. And once you become an adult, um, those core beliefs, whether it's beneath the surface of your subconscious, is still there. And certain things in your life can trigger those inner core beliefs that are still, that your inner child is still holding on to, think it's not fair, it's not fair. Um, and so, but not every inner child is the same. All of them are very unique, depending on your life's journey and what you've gone through as a child. But your inner child is you, but it's just the inner core of you, I would say. But there's more to that as well. It's hard to explain. I kind of want to dive a bit deeper on that concept. I think for me, it's like, all the things that you might have, that might have in a darker sense, like those things that have t may have felt like taken your vulnerability or made you feel weak or made you feel like your power was lost or taken away. I think that in a sense builds up that archetype of like an inner, an inner filing cabinet that is known mm. as the inner child. Mm. And with that, it's like those darker aspects that need healing. It's like those situations that come up that you might not have understood at that time. So that gets thrown in that cabinet of the inner child. Vulnerability, who took that vulnerability away or um, certain instances where you felt your power was taken or temper tantrums and like all those unsettled wounds mm -hmm. for that darker aspect I feel is that archetype of what creates an inner child at the same time though inner child to me is like that's where you can stimulate and manifest through the imagination Imagination is very powerful for creativity and for manifestation. So creativity is a really good concept for the positive side of the inner child, as well as even um, personal power, but also having you core values, vulnerability, but also like they're the closest thing to source at that time because they're freshly new to the earth. Mm -hmm. So it's like when you journey back into yourself, one of those healing aspects is the inner child because that inner child is the gateway to back to source, back to your true self, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So it's like a natural process to deal with that 
healing perspective of that archetype of the inner child just like there's an archetype of the masculine and feminine within us and like many different layering of our multi-dimensional self so that's some food for thought yeah i definitely love that you said that it's positive and it's a positive side i think of inner child no, definitely especially like when you're when you reconnect with life and its true meaning not taking life so serious because the human experience is nothing to get all butthurt about like honestly if if we reconnect with our positive aspect of the inner child well we need to reconnect with the negative side as well for that clearing work but for the positive intention with the inner child it's like we need to reconnect with the, the light-hearted tender imaginative adventurous side of life again for us to reconnect with the fact that life is magical life is a gift and children they get that they don't necessarily tell you face front but they live it and you can see how they embody it every single second like they are so stoked on anything like they can play with this flashlight that's like burning right now for us and it's like they can make spaceships from it they can they can be so creative just from a flipping flashlight and they they're having the best time with just one little thing whereas you know i think when we're older when we're adulting sometimes we get so stressed with bills or like our future ambitions and stuff when we see this flashlight we're just like oh yeah it's just that thing that's just lighting up and whatever but like we, we tend to like forget the appreciation of everything we tend to forget um, the core aspects of life that you know we're here but at one point we weren't here and that's so important to understand that you know who we are this vessel it's like it's super important at the same time we're here to experience life so let's live it let's have fun let's embrace like kind of like you said the inner child it's very important don't you all <laughs> <laughs> is that a sign <laughs> I was just saying, um, I mean, truly what you just said, I mean, that's like one of my core beliefs is that it's incredibly temporary, the life experience, you know, like it's, it's, it's really easy to take things very seriously because we have, and I keep going back to this word, but it just, we, it just makes so much sense is we've domestic, we've been domesticated and we, we domesticate ourselves from that domestication on a daily basis that it is incredibly serious, you know? Um, Where does that come from? It, what, it goes back to the psychological approach that I think is that at a young age, that's where it starts, you know, is whatever the people, adults around you are, are saying or repeating, you are taking that as truth and that gets put into your subconscious and when you live from, you know, we live from our subconscious, we have our beliefs that have been imprinted there. That's where it comes from. And then continually, as things happen, 
you know, someone will question something that you is in your core belief and you just reaffirm it that, no, that can't be that, you know, it, it goes into like, if I look a lot of times when I talk to people about, you know, I just, I try to connect my child self and at least I'm really good at least this one aspect is that I'm constantly questioning what all of this is, you know, um, really what we, what we are, you know, and what we're doing here. And like, I don't really have an answer. I don't have a belief whatsoever. I used to, as a, as I was raised Southern Baptist, because we have beliefs on exactly what everything is. And that's comfortable for most people is being able to be told what's, what all this is. Right. But in reality, if you really think about it, nobody knows, which is so much fun, at least for me, it doesn't freak me out, but in a lot of instances, I've learned how to just learn my audience and how I can be like, oh, what if we're this? And it's it can be the the craziest ish you've ever heard in your life. And I'll just like, you know, say it. I'm like, and for a second, I'll be like, I'll play with that idea. And it's, it's amazing to me when people look at me and their eyes go wide and they're like, what are you on? And I'm like, I'm just playing, you know, it's imagination. It's, it's, it's living in possibility. And it's just like, and they're like, well, that doesn't even make sense what you just said. I'm like, or does it? Like, does anything actually make sense? It doesn't. So like what I, <clears throat> what I like about the whole being an adult and connecting to your inner child, as opposed to just when you were a child is that if, as I'm learning to integrate that inner child to be, to still be playful, to still be, to live in possibility, to still just use my imagination but I still have the wisdom that I've gained as an adult mm -hmm. through and through. That's the superpower. If you can harness, because like, I can't be bored, you know, I, it's interesting that like a couple years ago, I got rid of my TV and it, it kind of naturally happened to me where I didn't want, and it went into a closet and it went there for two years. And my friends are like, what do you do? And I'm like, what do I not do? Like, and I'm not like trying to like say I'm holy right now, but it's just, it's interesting that I'm like, I'm going to color right now. And I would spend three hours coloring or painting. But when I started painting, it was like, it, I sort of, I would literally finger paint. Like I'm this 29 year old man in his apartment by himself with a tarp over my living room floor. And I'm just finger painting on a canvas. And I was, and I remember in that moment, in those moments that, that's part of we're so serious as adults is that like most adults when they would sit down to paint I hear so many people are like oh I don't paint because I can't do that and I'm like but does a child care when they sit down to paint do they say I can't do this no they grab that shit and they just start splattering it and it doesn't matter what it looks like because we are little creators and and they created yes. something and since art is subjective they created art and I just feel like that inner child the viewpoint of they see the world as art you know it nothing before they're told before we are told that something is good or bad or ugly or pretty we don't have opinions on that we just kind of live very presently with it mm -hmm. yeah in that sense you know mm -hmm. and children are very present you know, it's just like dogs and cats yeah. and just like animals in general, you know, it's, so they're, it's, they're not perfectionists. Until we're taught. Yeah. And 
getting into getting in more and more into psychology um, and really seeing that it's very freeing to realize that I have my own self-domestication processes that I still do on a daily basis. I still look at something and I'm like, well, that's ugly. Or I still have a judgment in me on based on societal values. And I'll look at someone and be like, well, they're not attractive because I'm like, wait a minute, like, where did that come from? So going back to before you were asking, that's the journey I'm on is all these beliefs. I'm like, they're all the, um, the archetypes that all live inside of me. They're all like coming forward now and they're like presenting themselves. And they're like, by the way, like you judge this person based on this. And I'm like, Oh my God, you know, Mm -hmm. but that's just, I don't know. That's just for for me. Sorry. (laughs) Um, I don't know. It's just, it's living in possibility and being free, like free to do what you want because it's temporary. And I think one of the key aspects, another thing the inner child or children in general remind us of is like the world is our playground. Yep. Let's experiment. Let's try this. Let's be present. Let's laugh. Let's cry. Let's love. Let's be angry. Let's just be. Let's just like how I'm going to try and quote Justin. And I don't know if I'm going to get this right. My bad, Justin. It's like, we always hear of human being. Let's just take the being from a human being. Let's just be. Simple stuff. And it's like, some ways to overcome that and to really step into that present moment again. It's like, going through the trenches of the fear that up from subconscious beliefs or um, mistakes that quote-unquote mistakes they're not even mistakes things that you judge to be mistakes from the past that you relive over and over that you haven't fully healed and cleared yet mm-hmm. like so many things to go inward to unlock that inner child there's like so many concepts and so many ways of tapping in well in that case, what are some ways that you guys like do as far as exercises that you do to connect with your inner child? Um, I paint. That is so true. I love to paint, and I love it's it's almost masochistic to me sometimes that when I do paint because I'm a giant perfectionist, um, and I'm really that's one of my biggest working right now is to is to kind of cut myself some slack on that so it's really it's been fun for me to um to it's just a bird i don't even know where i was at with that oh painting painting oh to i don't know it's like I said, I'm on part of my journey right now where I have a lot of stuff coming up and I've hit an aspect where I'm incredibly curious about thoughts that I'm having. I'm not, I, for a while of my journey, I beat myself up over what I thought were to be negative thoughts. And I'd be like, don't have that thought. Don't have that thought. Don't think that way. You're supposed to think positive about that person or this person that never worked for me for, for years. It trying to push that down. Um, that's kind of like, it's spiritual bypassing in the sense of like, I'm not allowing that feeling to come up. So when I do, 
um, <clears throat> I am painting and I get angry that something's not going the way I am, I allow myself to be angry and I say, cool, like, where did that come from, you know? And I, a lot of times I get answers, you know? And I think a lot of times during that time, it's healing. So for me, painting is, it's such therapy and letting go. Because I do create some of the best pieces that actually I'm, I'm going to be an art show in a couple months. And nice. the two pieces that I created, the accepted out of all the ones that I did, they were all two pieces that I was like, it was an effort moment. And I was like, just like slinging my brushes around, doing stuff. And then I came up with something. The other pieces that I actually thought were great, they're not because I was so worried how other people were going to view them. Mm-hmm. And that's really what it comes down to is that like, kid I, I don't know for me when I create or do something I've I've realized something of myself that I do it at least 50% for how other people what their opinions on it are going to be and how they're going to view it and how that's going to affect me that's just part that's something I learned as a child was to be a perfectionist for other people so now as I as I'm creating again even if it sucks like you know and whatever I'm doing like macrame I don't know like it's really too in the time to be like are you doing this for yourself right now are you just doing it to do it like even if it doesn't end up being the plant holder that you wanted and it can only be like a key ring you know like how okay are you gonna be with that so that's just that's been a really powerful exercise for me to um just get back to my creative force and doing it just to do it that's awesome you know so there was a very interesting thing you said too, which was so cool. You said when you got upset, you let yourself get upset. And I think with children, they do that all the time. They When they have a temper tantrum, they will yell, kick yep. and scream and just cry it out until it releases all out. And then once it happens, once they do that healing and clearing right there on the spot without holding back, they're healed, cleared, and then they move on. Yeah. And then they, they, they play, they eat, they just go back to normal. They don't ever think about it again. Nope. Like it's done. Yeah. They just feel they don't hold the on emotion. to it anymore. They, mm-hmm. they are in, they're in such a present moment that when those things happen, they just let it be. Mm-hmm. Which is such a masterful thing that we forget yes. when we're adults. Because yeah. it's just like what you said, Hannah. I was like, you know, when things come up, you just throw it behind you. You throw it in like a filing cabinet that's just getting stored in the closet and just building and building without actually dealing with the problem. You think, oh yeah, you know, let me just put a mask on and just pretend everything is fine so that way everyone around me is pleased. Mm-hmm. Yep. When you're just crumbling inside. Yep. And going off of what you said, Robert, was, you know, you said as a child, you learned to be a perfectionist. I learned the same thing, and but I realized that was a core belief that was built based off of experiences in my childhood. I believed that I had to be perfect to please my mom, please my dad, please everyone, because I didn't want to cause problems, you know, and or for whatever reasons there were. And I didn't realize that that followed me to my adulthood was, you know, grades or 
when I try to write, I need it to be perfect. Or um, when I sing, I need it to be perfect. And I love singing. And it's something that for me is my practice. Like for you, it's painting. For me, it's singing. And I find such peace when I do and when I can just let go and not care exactly how that note sounds. Or even if it went a little bit airy in that moment or went off key, to not care. Like I'm experimenting, I'm feeling. And that's something I'm still struggling with. And especially with sharing it with people, like posting it online, for example. I hear the video and I'm like, wow, this sounds bad. Like I did, that note wasn't as clear as it should have been, or I just pinpoint or pick at everything. But it's because of my inner perfectionism. And that's the core belief that I'm trying to cut the cord of, is, you know, it doesn't need to be perfect. And that's my perception of perfection, not, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect because it just doesn't need to be. And so that's something that through singing, I'm trying to let go of and heal. And it does revert me back into my inner child as well, because I sing freely everywhere all the time. And same with climbing, like rock climbing, climbing trees. I feel more connected to my inner child when I do that because I'm just letting my body move however it wants and just explore like, oh, I really like, I just have that innate need to get to the very top of that tree. Like, I don't care. Like, I'm going to find the, the tiniest limb at the very top and know that I reached the top. Mm -hmm. the same thing with rock climbing. And that makes me feel more connected to my inner self or just sitting in my tree in the backyard. Like I'll climb to the top and there's a certain spot that has like these four limbs that are like, laid out where I can just lean back like I wrap my my legs around the trunk and then I just lean back on these four and I can literally take a nap in the tree and I'll just meditate there yes. or I'll read or I'll write and I feel as if like I am my inner child in that moment because the trees are like some of the safest places to me like that was my escape and so that's um or like my haven like my tree's name is haven and so that's something that's helped me as well. But meditation in general has helped me connect with inner child and many things. But those are some practices that I do. Yeah, that's awesome. I have to agree with you with that and as you as well, Robert. And I also want to chime in other than the meditation, which is a really good way to actually reintroduce yourself to who your inner child even is. Okay. Because even for like some people, their inner child is like the exact opposite gender, which is very interesting as well to dive into. But other than meditation, I feel for me, journaling has been a big part of that because for me, journaling really simmers down anxiety-based things and really gets you in touch with the deep core, either what's been festering within or um, a way for your inner child to come out without necessarily putting a spotlight on your inner child, if that makes sense. So an exercise I did um, when I used to host self-care Thursdays on Instagram last year, it was to write a question that you want to ask your inner child on the top of the page and then with your non-dominant hand, just write an answer and just keep on writing and then start writing what you're feeling and stuff, even if you can't really read the scribble, because some people can't necessarily write with their non-dominant hand. 
but it's like when you're looking at your writing it's like you're watching a kindergartner try to write for the first time so that really connects with that whole beginning of writing era which connects with your inner child and then eventually your inner child starts you know writing out and trying to communicate with you like for example if you're wondering like if the question is like you know why why do you feel sad right now that's just one of the general questions and then you just start writing well it could be because mm, today such and such happened da, 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 da. but then when you keep writing eventually your inner child will come out that will kind of disengage you from your analytical mind of trying to answer a question and then your inner child would be like well you know i miss laughing i miss you know dancing randomly to music and, and you don't pay attention to me anymore and it makes me sad because i feel neglected and i i miss forming a connection with you and, da -da 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 -da, and then it starts pouring out i've seen results for a lot of people through that one little exercise where you just write with your non-dominant hand or you do something that that makes you feel more vulnerable and more open more innocent in a sense that automatically sometimes a good bit of people reconnect with your inner child that way and i think you know other ways to form exercises to reconnect with your inner child for me personally it's like doing something so spontaneous like waking up in the morning on like a saturday or your day off and just be like you know what for the whole day i'm just going to do random things that i'm not going to plan i'm just going to go on an adventure and just go on like a little pilgrimage not knowing where you're going but pretty sure you're going to feel that excitement and that magic for life again that you know that adventure might be big or small it, it can be as far as like taking a road trip or maybe just going to a new bookstore that you've never gone to before like it can be whatever you want to make it but to have you reconnect with that spontaneous go with the flow magic of life it really connects you with the inner child for me anyway another thing too it's like dancing to your favorite music or singing or doing something creative or just using your imagination and just pretending like you're something else like something completely different i know for me um a while back when i was connecting with my inner child is like there were times where i neglected it neglected the inner child for so long that it literally embodied me for a while so there would be like some instances where i would wake up one day and i would have like the little kitty voice and like have temper tantrums and wear my bunny slippers and just watch disney 90s movies and just be a complete kid for the whole day to just reintegrate that process that I neglected for whatever reason, for adulting, for work, just being serious and being so work-oriented all the time sometimes. Like, life happens, but 
there's always an opportunity somehow, some way, whether through anything that, any, any way that you can use as a tool to reconnect with your inner child, like there's infinite opportunities and possibilities out there. But it's always good for us to just name a couple of things which we're, which we're doing. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. It's funny you just said, um, something just hit my head. Um, you know, it's, I always feel super connected to my inner child and realize this until recently. Um, <clears throat> is scent and food, like smelling smells or eating food that I like loved as a child, mm, nice. um, which is hard for me because there's um, being vegan and I wasn't as a child, I, I loved club sandwiches. And nice. recently ethos um, came out with a club sandwich what? and it literally tastes just like it was oh, when I was awesome. in the restaurant as a child. That's yeah. So great. And I was like sitting, I was so excited. I was like, Oh, this better not be awful. And it tasted just like it. And I had this moment where I just like, I went back yeah. and I was like that little kid just like dancing with my, you know, when you dance with your food, have yes, you ever done that? Yes, of course. <laughs> I, <laughs> so. That's perfect. That's awesome. It's yeah. a very good point. Yeah. And it's like the simplest thing. You can do that all the time. All the time. Just anything from childhood really that, you know, anything that brings you that joy, um, that brought you joy as a child. Yeah. Even it's, like board games or mm -hmm. like, I don't know, like kickball or something, like a, yep. an activity, a physical activity. I'm playing a video game right now. It's a Zelda game yeah. from when I was 10 on N64. <laughs> And I literally, like, as I'm playing, I'm like, oh my, it's like a rush because I can see myself, like, sitting in front of my TV and I was a kid just, you know. Vibing out. Yeah. Throwing <laughs> my controller against the wall because I miss <laughs> No, but then I want to go, and I'm like, oh man, why did I throw my controller against the wall? Oh my God, more shadow work. <laughs> I'm like, I can't get away from this. Like, <laughs> yeah. I think it's a very good point, too, that... You know, 2019, I feel like a lot of people have been doing shadow work and it's clearing for that that new decade that we're coming into, yeah. clearing out so much karma from the past. Um, I mean, if you think about it numerology-wise, 2019 is a nine, like endings to herald a new beginnings. Um, and at the same time, it's, it's really beautiful to connect with certain archetypes to enhance whatever it is that needs healing or needs to be addressed and i think it's just a continuous process because you know we're alive we're you know i think for us because we're alive we're yeah we're doing life purpose and spreading love and light and some people spreading dark but at the same time it's like we're also learning too and we're also healing our wounds from past lives, from other people's past, from family, ancestral lines and DNA, like, like this process is a learning process, but it's also an adventure. And I think, I think the inner child is really the key aspect to that because yeah, it brings you back to the innocence of who you truly are who Source actually is in reconnection with that, but also to have you realize that, you know, 
you'll never learn everything in just one lifetime. You're, it's a continuous process of forever learning. Embrace it and have fucking fun. Yeah. yeah. I heard one of my friends say, was talking about 2020 and the new year, and I really liked how she, it's a symbol of the about 2020 eye vision and 2020 is perfect vision. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, it was, in, it was, I don't know, I just really liked that. that I did too. You know, that was her take on it. Yeah. Do you guys have any predictions for 2020? For what? Any predictions for 2020? I feel like what you said, these past few months have been clearing to yeah. make new room. Um, I feel that my inner child and my shadow work have been intertwined for me personally. And, I, and I've been going through a lot of clearing of inventory, I would say, of old stuff that was dusty that no longer needed to be there, was no longer serving me. So I like have been clearing all of that. But the reason why is in 2020, I feel that all of the things that we've been planting seeds for will be cultivated. Like I really, really feel that 2020 is going to be the best year yet and a lot of new revelations and connections, new people maybe, new, new soulmates or, you know, really going on the correct path and actually embarking on it. Um, I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm yeah. so excited to see. Like, even though it's unknown, like, that's what's so exciting about it. It's, it's, it's interesting that I, you know, just my, my, my view currently on humanity and um, how bleak our current times may be to so many people is when I started my awakening, um, my big awakening probably a couple years ago is I kind of naturally was seeing opposite of that, um, complete opposite. And, you know, over the past couple years, I was telling people this and I was journaling about it and I was really truly believing it, you know, the world around me was saying opposite and, you know, telling me again that, <laughs> no, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, blah, blah, blah. But for, for me, as I, <clears throat> you know, go back to what I very first said before this is that I'm coming to the terms where I just, I'm really not caring other people about other people's worldviews in that sense anymore and how they affect me, is that <clears throat> my belief is growing in the fact that I do believe that this world is on the track to becoming a better place. I do believe that we are going to become, we're coming closer to achieving heaven on earth, you know, in the sense of just mass amounts of awakenings and the things that I'm seeing in media and how many people I talk to and just the awareness that I'm seeing growing every day. Um, as much as there is like, quote, negativity and like people being more in the sheep mindset of just being, you know, consumers and me, 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 and this and this and that and that. I also think that kind of what Trump's excuse my French, um, <laughs> above that is, I don't know, it's just love. I, I, I just, I don't know, I think that there, there's a massive overwhelming energy that's like bathing this planet. And I, I don't know, that's just how I feel. So that's kind of my prediction is that we're gonna, we're gonna move a lot closer to that. And you're, you're more into the, Maya, you're more into the um, openings and all this 
kind of stuff, so I don't know if... What do you feel? You kind of feel about that. I think, you know, I agree with both of you guys. And I also think that, yeah, 2020 is that vision, but I think there's going to be a dualistic aspect where those who think it's chaos and crazy right now is just seeing everything from face value. And those who are thinking, yes, it's coming. Heaven on earth is coming. Dreams are going to be planted and cultivated and harvest. I think, you know, you're not seeing everything from face value, but rather you're feeling everything. And that feeling is pulling in that frequency to manifest that around and surrounding them. And I think when people wake up to the 2020 vision, they're going to see past realities. They're going to see past all the BS that has been playing out through people's masks, through the government's masks. I think there's going to be a big shift, even after 2020, especially with the educational system. I think there's going to be a lot of um, students rioting or putting their foot down, especially with the legacy schools, like the colleges and stuff that are just not cutting anymore. Like the way people are learning now, it's everything is changing. And those older organizations want to take, like want to have control still, but if they don't work with the public and, and morph and change, then people that are seeing things face value might think it's crumbling or chaos, right? I think too, technology is going to be a big thing. There's, I feel like there's going to be more technology that's going to be on you rather than outside of you, trying to make you more like a cyborg or like embody more AI technology, which is also, in a sense, trying to bridge the gap between seeing things face value, being things face value, and then the intuitive side. So I think there's like that dualistic aspect, but the things that are bringing people and humanity together is the awakening process, is the way shower mentality where you're being your authentic self, you're being that lighthouse just by being yourself and not really paying attention or focus so much on healing others or um, guiding others, but you're just being your authentic self. And people see that face value, which will, which will, bring that awakening sense and then the click it's like that spark that clicks and then it's like they'll see past the illusion of everything and it'll just do a ripple effect mm. so i think it's very interesting and at the same time it's like a lot of people have been saying it's you know 2020 is that paradigm shift but what you have to remember it's like it all starts within so it's like that shift within is going to make that heaven on earth it's like a lot of people have been saying there's biblical prophecy happening and it's like you know the the coming of christ and stuff like that but it's like at the same time again it all starts within so it's like awakening that dormant dna awakening that christ consciousness, christ consciousness some people say um all within you so that way in a sense you're not waiting for a messiah i mean will a messiah come who knows maybe it's all a possibility but it's like being your own savior first to help humanity 
by just being who you truly are. And it just makes that ripple effect. If that makes sense. Never Well, there is no external, you know, that's what we've domesticated ourselves a lot in is that there's an external force, person, thing, new car, new clothing that can bring us inner peace and happiness, you know? Yeah. And I do, I, that's at least what I see in my line of work. A lot of people, um, myself included, I'm kind of, you know, I've been battling a lot with materialism. It's coming mm -hmm. up in me. Things I didn't even realize were there and I'm like, oh my gosh man like wow like that's that was there and i'm like i want this and i want that and i'm like but do you like you you do and i'm like no you okay like do you really and you know so it's i don't know it's like you said i don't know i i just am right there with you that internally we're all kind of going through this and it's really cool that we're in a time that we can all find each other, you know, yeah. with, you know, whether it's technology or whether it's, I don't know, I, it's crazy depending on my vibe and my day. And this shouldn't be crazy is that I will just randomly be in the grocery store and I'll start having a conversation like this with some random lady or random dude. And I'm like, and then the conversation ends and we go on our ways. Like we don't exchange information. It just happened. And I'm like, and that happens so much to me more and more. And I'm like, and you just leave feeling so good, you know, just like when I leave here, every time we do a podcast, it's just like you just leave filled, you know, yes. like you're, you're kind of reminded that we're all in this together. Like we're, you know, even the people who aren't quote unquote awake, I hate that, I kind of hate that word now, but like yeah. even people, you know, we're all still in this together. And it's, it's, it's interesting that like how externally I've tried to change the world for so long, you know, based on like this, but truly like you can't change the world unless it comes from internal, you know, your opinions will never change the world. Your, your, your view of how things are, how they could be, will never change the world. Like that's, it's cute, you know, and you can talk about it and it's great, like a starter and great conversation and get things moving and shaking. But in reality, like what, what are we doing and how are we treating others and how are we treating ourselves and how are we, you know, doing that to change the world? So, yeah. yeah, and even with you saying externally people feel they need to find the answer or find whatever they are looking for, <laughs> find whatever they're looking for, whether that's, you know, like you said, material or even God, like when I initially would try to pray, I found that I was trying to pray to this towards the sky direction because I felt like he wasn't next to me or within me. I felt like I had to reach outward to pray and connect. And further along, especially, you know, recently I realized, no, no, like what I'm connecting with is already within me. And that's when I truly have felt and connected when I had that little epiphany. And so even as far as connecting and finding whatever it is that you're looking for or everything into one is really within yourself, which I think is really great that, you know, you got rid of your TV or, you know, with these distractions because unfortunately the way our society is set up is we have distract distractions left and right. And 
people aren't looking within. There's always distraction outwardly, and then we go to bed, and wake up again, and have more distractions. And um, so I definitely feel that that's kind of starting to minimize a little bit. Even with people surrounded by me, they, even though they're so distracted by other things, I see a slight shift in even them. And I, don't, I would like to think that me see, having them see me act differently, hopefully that's making a little bit of a difference. But even if it's not, like if it's themselves, great. But I definitely agree that I think there's a shift and slowly but surely there'll be, there will always be distractions, but I feel like people will choose to not be distracted eventually. And go into nature instead. Yes. Totally. And, you know, for the, it's, it's funny that I, I did set my TV back up. Um, cause I had a friend who lived with me for a while and they, they wanted the TV. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's pretty much sits there, but like, it's, it's funny that like, sometimes I'm like, all right, you know what? For 30 minutes, I'm going to, I'm going to consciously allow myself to be distracted by that screen device because I just can't right now. <laughs> <laughs> I relate to that. And like, that's okay. Like, and that's, it's, it's, it's interesting that like, <clears throat> it's not some competition, you know, I feel like, like. Mm -hmm. When I talk about other people, they're like, oh, you, you spend this much time on your phone and you do this. You're not, you clearly aren't woke or whatever. <laughs> it's, it's a process. And that's the thing is that what, I, what I'm realizing is that coming to consciousness is, is not roses. You know, it, it is painful because you do kind of have to face yourself. But it's like a beautiful kind of pain. And it's kind of painful in the way that you don't realize how painful it was until it's over. So, yeah it wasn't it's not like in vain and it's but that's like where i i try my best to find compassion for the people around me um you know that that kind of look at me like i'm weird when i'm like oh i keep my phone on i keep my phone on airplane mode certain hours and days just keep myself from doing it you know yeah. and um you know the the responses that i get from that are are interesting you know, mm -hmm. but then it, it helps me find more compassion that, you know, we've domesticated ourselves to distract ourselves away from coming to consciousness because we also domesticated ourselves to stay away from things that are painful. Yeah. yeah. You know, so. I think that's a really good point. And I think it really ties in with the whole inner child aspect where it's so essential to show yourself compassion, forgiveness, mm -hmm. and love. Mm -hmm. Like, your inner child is just wanting love so bad. Yes. And that's a really powerful healing process to do because it really shows you how much you've, you've hurt to therefore feel, to therefore heal, and then realize how much hurt. But at the same time, it's like you, recon you reconnect with what compassion even is you realize how strong that is and if you're looking from outside from an unwoke place it's like people think oh, compassion that's so fucking lame that's weak but it's so strong and so powerful especially when you reconnect with yourself through the healing wounds or even with a group of people who aren't resonating with you like judging you and stuff the strength that you have to show them compassion is powerful 
Like you can easily flip a switch and just cuss everyone out, but instead you show compassion. Holy heck, that's that's amazingly powerful. Those are powerful tools, for sure. Yeah, it's it's too it's so easy to judge and ridicule and make fun of, and it's it's interesting that that's why we're in you know this world that we live in. It's it's so hard when some it's because when someone's being a dick to you, a complete dick, and for you, you know, if you're in that mode of taking it personally in that moment, to really actually use your brain and go, well, where where are they coming from? What have they been through? And what what are they maybe going through? That <clears throat> sorry, that that is one of the hardest <laughs> you know, I've dealt with. But all right. Rant over. It's all good. But it's definitely worth it. Like this whole process of Uncovering wounds, uncovering triggers, uncovering the inner child is definitely worth it for spiritual growth, but also transcendence, enlightenment for some people, but also to just come back with the innocence of yourself and remind yourself who it is you truly are at your core. Mm -hmm. You made like a, right? like a symbol, you know, it's like a... Heck yeah. Like, um... Um, a spiritual awakening code or something. Every time I do that, like I randomly type numbers, which I do all the time, it th there's three numbers in a sequence that always comes somewhere in the middle of it. So and it's different. the same three numbers I see everywhere. I see this is different numbers everywhere as well. Yeah. Yeah. What, just for the side before we close, out of curiosity, um, what are your numbers that you see? 316. 316. Okay. Cool. Or six three one. It's in right. their sequences. Oh, it's real fun because I'm like, oh, is that my death date? <laughs> I'm like, so maybe they're gonna die on six thirty one, three sixteen, six thirteen. What about for you? You guys heard it now, okay? So that happens. Right, right. Down. Okay. dedicate. No. Either an April or a July podcast to me, okay? Okay. Oh my for me, it's like, it's a bunch of different numbers, like either 717 or like 313 or something like that. But it's like also whatever random letters go with it, I can put a sentence together that's like a channeling for information for the future or the past or healing or something that needs to be brought to my awareness. It's like those letters form sentences. That's very synchronistic and cryptic at the same time. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's, it's so funny. There's actually a meme that was on Facebook the other day. And it was like this oracle card reader. Um, and the caption was like, why are spirits so complicated? Because the oracle reader was like, okay, well, why couldn't you just say it like that the first time? Like, why do you have to make... It's so complicated. Why are dead people so flipping cryptic? Like, <laughs> 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 right? No, seriously. Yeah, I was like, why couldn't you just tell me the first time? So bluntly. <laughs> it's like, you gotta figure it out. Yeah, dude. It's a puzzle. You can't know all the answers to the test. Uh -uh. I do like puzzles. <laughs> but it's funny, like, when you start looking, like, I kind of look at this world as one big puzzle in a sense, right? Same. Not that I need to solve it, but it's just certain things will happen. You know, you know when, I don't know if you guys have ever been talking to somebody and you know, have a song in the background and literally they'll say the exact words that it's saying. 
Today, I literally went to go check for my keys in my pocket, right? And I had had my timer on for my air fryer. And I went, and I went, ding! Like, as I, like, hit my, and I was like, <laughs> just weird stuff like that. There's just, there's, just pay attention. It's, it's yeah. really wild. I simply stairs. Phone yes. numbers on, like, you know, um, bulletin boards going by. I'm like, ah! Yep. There you are again. There you are again. Yeah. You live in a matrix. Yep. Pretty here. Yeah. For me, it's like 42, 22, 222, 1111. You see that all the time. 111. Like, I see those numbers all the time. It's so crazy. I remember one time I was rock climbing. I was just, you know, having a good time. And then I see the number 22 as um, one of the route, you know, labels. And for whatever reason, like, look at the time. I looked at the time, and it was 11 11. And I'm like, yep. <laughs> Okay, oh. <laughs> thanks. That's really. It's crazy. I have a folder in my phone of pictures I take of 316. Nice. And I showed it to someone because I was telling, and it's funny when I talk to people about it and they're like, yeah, whatever. And I'm like, they're like, it's just <laughs> random. And I'm like, it's like, I literally will be like going down, the, going down the road and like a semi, it's 316. Right. And then I'll like, the back of my dumpster, I'm like, why, why is that 316? Like, it's, <laughs> someone will call me 316. I'll be at Target. 316. Like it's, you know, it's, it's crazy. I'm gonna publish a book one day of all my numbers. Right? Call it 316. I'm gonna, that is so inventive. <laughs> Love you, that. you should be like a marketing guru. <laughs> <laughs> okay. A special marketing guru. <laughs> well, on that note, we're gonna have this podcast come to a close. We really do appreciate you guys vibing with us for last podcast of 2018 this has been a fun year and i'm really glad how this podcast evolved and turned out and i'm glad that you hannah and robert were actually here for this because i think it's definitely helped the listeners in any way shape or form whatever they resonated with even if it's just one word or something but i think it, it helps us as well when we reconnect like this totally Mm -hmm. I do feel I need to say one more thing before we close. Go for it. So, this is something that I have been working through with my therapist, and I really feel like it may help a lot of people. But I have found that there are core beliefs within me that I didn't realize were there until she asked me certain questions and they arose. And I feel that many people may have these and they may be controlling you without realizing it and once it comes to your attention you can let it go and no longer let it control you for me for example i've always felt or struggled with being voiceless or being helpless and i didn't realize that those single beliefs i am helpless i am voiceless I didn't realize that those followed me into my adulthood for many years and that they subconsciously controlled certain situations of mine because my inner child believed those things or dealt with those things to create that belief. And with me facing it and reassuring my inner child that that's no longer controlling me and I will no longer let it control me, I have felt so free and so healed and realize that those core beliefs are actually my strengths. I have a voice. 
I am helpful. Those are core drives in my life is to help people and to have a voice and use it like this podcast and with singing and writing. And I realized that those weaknesses of a child are my strengths as an adult. And I encourage all of you to look within yourselves and ask yourself, is there anything that you feel that you struggle with? Do you feel, do you feel that you're unworthy? Do you feel that you have no voice? Ask yourself these things and connect with your inner child and see if you still feel and believe it because it's not true. It's not your fault. Those things that happen to you isn't who you are today. And let go of those controlling you because you're so worth it. And that's just what I feel like I needed to say. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much. <laughs> Dude, that's like a mic drop. Yeah, <laughs> like, that was. That was. Okay, that was on my heart, and I was like, you have to say that. I'm so glad you did, and I think that's going to help a lot of people who are going to be listening to this podcast. So thank you for sharing that. Robert, you have anything to say? No, I can't. I can't even try to go after that. <laughs> <laughs> but I definitely, definitely, 100% um, second everything you just said. Like, it was, <laughs> Good, your therapist is brilliant, but you know, you're also brilliant. And I mean, yeah, just be proud of yourself, like wherever you are. If you're on the journey and you're on a journey, like whatever journey, just be proud. Like, yeah. not too proud, but just, you know, be like, wow, yeah. oh, bitch, you kept yourself alive today. Right? Mm -hmm, I am so proud did. of you. I'm going to have a tub of ice cream. Yes. To celebrate. <laughs> Like yourself, you know? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, you know, not condoning ice cream. But. <laughs> I think to chime in on that, like, some affirmations that you can do too is like talk to yourself in the mirror, maybe do some mirroring exercises and just say, like, say your name and just say, I love you. Mm -hmm. I'm so proud of you. I am so sorry for what has happened along the way and forgive me and then say to yourself i forgive you because i love you and actually feel those words that you're saying because chances are some emotions are going to rise like a flame and flicker for your awareness so that way you can actually feel and then heal and move through it which is powerful <laughs> and sometimes there are very negative emotions that will come up but, but that's okay it's so okay that's totally okay. Feel them. Yep. And then release them. The first time I did it and I looked in the mirror and I looked at myself in the eyes and I was like, like I I felt like I was lying to myself. And I said, uh, you know, and mm -hmm. you just, it's kind of crazy. That's really yeah. a good start right there. So. And like, I guess that continuous process. I mean, for some people, these exercises help one and done. For other people, it's like, keep working on it, keep doing a little bit at it over and over and chances are you're going to see a shift, you're going to see something. Like that uh, flame right that there, flame that flame rising fire. next to us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but on that note, we're going to have this podcast come to a close. Thank you so much for tuning in for this. Really appreciate you guys. Um, connecting with us for the last podcast for this year, 2019. If you have any questions that you want 
us to talk and discuss in 2020. Please feel free to email us at insightfulcrayons at gmail.com. You can always find us on Instagram as well. And you can even see what we look like on there and just see our stories to just connect even further with us. But either way, thank you so much. Love you all. Have a good rest of the year. Oh my God, it's like coming up so fast. I know, two weeks away. Two weeks. What is this? But take care. Love you guys and good night. Good night, everyone. Good night.